I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for an hour and a half. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Say we've got Maria Curley, the uh, from Tipperary footballer, and Chloe Mori, the uh, Camogie player with Claire, with us this morning to talk to us more about yesterday's press conference, where um, both the footballers and the Camogie players have said they're going to be playing the rest of the season under protest. Uh, Maria, I might start with you. Obviously, to get to this stage of the season where you gather such a, an array of talent together in the middle of the championship season to come out and talk about something that isn't actually happening on the field of play, it must have reached a boiling point of frustration to crystallise everybody to get together. So what was it that was the trigger, do you think, that got everybody um, to the point where they were like, OK, enough of this. We just have to actually have to make a stand. Hi, yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, look, I think there's been a number of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, we saw controversy with the Cavan ladies footballers and the Kildare ladies camogie players. So I suppose they were two individual counties that were fighting battles themselves. And then I guess the fact that the state of play report was released by the GPA and presented to the NGBs and the fact that nothing was really done off the back of that and, and that we didn't really get any correspondence from Ladies Gaelic probably annoyed players and, and, and captains and different different squads as well. So I think it's been a combination of a, a couple of things over the last couple of months. Um, and we're at the point now where we're just sick of it and, and, and we're sick of not being heard. And, and I think that's why we, we all decided we needed to come together and do something as a, as a unified group and, and not leave individual counties fight their own battles, you know. Yeah, because obviously by uh, pooling your powers, uh, it, it sharpens the mind of the governing bodies in particular. Chloe, will you just explain to anybody who's kind of come into this story and doesn't fully understand what the state of play report actually was? It, it kind of, it's a, it's a real important staging post in this because it's the kind of start of the documentation of this process. Yeah, so basically the GPA, which is the Gaelic Players Association, essentially an organisation or union um, set up by players for players. And um, let's say the men's GPA has been around longer than the women's one, the WGPA, but we actually merged recently. Um, and so they've it's been excellent, to be honest. Um, and it's probably, on a side note, it's a really good, like uh, if you were to look at an organisation that can work together, both men and women, and where equality is across the board, the GPA is probably a very good uh, starting point to look at. But the state of play report then is essentially a survey or a report given out to both uh, the men's intercounty players and women's intercounty players to see where they're at in terms of what they're getting with their teams, basically everything in their life, how their life is faring as they play intercounty, as through their intercounty career, essentially. So we're looking at med- uh, like their welfare in terms of uh, medical treatment, physio needs, SNC, um, the cost of playing is a big part of the report. Um, and there's huge discrepancies between, I suppose, the male or male counterpart, counterpart sorry, and our female counterparts. And so, um, like Maria said, there's probably been two like big events in terms of the Cavan ladies footballers and Kildare Camogie players. But I think these things or these have been issues for a very long time. I think the government grants which have been noted have been a help, but I'd hate to see how things would be in 2023 if we didn't have those government grants. 
But I suppose another way to look at it is we do have those government grants, but we're, there's still stories, um, there's still anecdotes coming out about, I suppose, the state, as you say, the state of play in um, female intercounty careers at the moment. It's basically costing you money to play. Yeah, no, essentially. I mean, it, uh, we brought up some, like, it's funny because we were all there yesterday, but girls are very, they're, they're kind of um, a little bit slower to kind of say stories because we're very aware that a lot of this isn't a county board issue as such. Um, I think their hands are tied. I th- this is where we're going at. We're, we're really, it's the Camogie Association and the Ladies Gaelic Football Association this year from a top level. Um, our county boards need help, they need guidance um, and they need support. But we were saying yesterday, there's girls who have to give up part-time jobs. Um, we don't get travel expenses. Um, if you need a scan or, for example, I'll use myself, it's no problem. I Let's say if my knee scraped there, now I'm my 15th year playing Kamobi, so I've my two knees scraped, I had surgery and um, I had to front up the cost of that myself. Um, once when I was in college, it was fine when I was working, um, I'm a teacher, but um, I was out of pocket for that and I only got maybe reimbursed about half of it. Um, we have girls in counties going into their elveries or lifestyle sports, having to buy their county crest gear because they're not um, being supplied with gear. Um, those are just some stories. I'm sure if we were saying yesterday, you could get a book. Um, and if it was anonymous, you'd have some stories and you'd have some bestseller. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at at the moment. So listen, I think it's a thing where it's, we're used to being like just put up and shut up um, or we're not really willing to do that anymore. And so that's why we're playing the rest of the championship um, in protest. The points, Chloe, about they the need guidance and they need support. And obviously your later point there is that they need money and we're in the uh, process of moving towards this integration. Is part of this about a sense that there's a lot of money swilling around there and this could be solved very easily and it doesn't need to wait for that integration? Yeah, look, I'll, uh, I'd be, I, my, my, my opinion on it is essentially we've all voted for integration and I've seen a lot of things on social media over the last while as well. Like we've all voted for social media, the member, or we've, sorry, we've all voted for integration. Okay. And so in principle, we should now be acting as, you know, one organization. And we understand that that process will take the foreign process of, you know, setting up your boardroom, your committees. That'll take time. We get that. Now, we've been in the listening stage of it for maybe the past 18 months or so, but we feel that this is a charter or this is a document that can be created where the three organisations come together. It's a very achievable, like we would say it's a very achievable document, a a standard, a minimum standards charter uh, that can be agreed upon by the three. Um, Like I think Tom was saying yesterday, Tom Parsons, he was saying that there's about 150 million profit in the GA and it's not us just coming in to take it, but if We've all voted for integration. We now have to see ourselves as one big organisation instead of this thing, well, well, you're Camogie, you're Ladies Gaelic Football, sort out yourselves. We have voted, the membership has voted for integration. Yes, we have to wait for that formal process to happen. But I think this could be something potentially smaller for them, but would have a massive impact that could greatly help um, the intercounty careers of female athletes at the moment. 
Yeah, Maria, the, um, there's, there's a couple of different things that are happening simultaneously. So the integration is happening, but at the same time, it's official government policy about having uh, quotas uh, at board level in all of the NGBs. And there's a significant threat to the GAA's funding if they don't actually recruit and employ women on their committees in much greater numbers than they're at at the minute. And just recently, there's been some soundings drifting out through the GEA media that, oh, maybe maybe they should wait until after the integration happens to try and meet the quotas. I'm thinking, absolutely not. I'm sorry, but if you can't fulfil the quotas, you're not trying. And there's loads of opportunities. In in every GEA club in Ireland, uh, the, the women are key to making those GEA clubs successful. And clearly, there is an issue with allowing those women the opportunities to represent clubs at county board level and on committees. And it's up to the GEA to fix that instead of putting out the story, oh, maybe after integration it'll all be fine because it's almost like um, integration is some kind of silver bullet to the issues that the organisation has had when it has come to not treating the women's teams with equality, not giving them pitches, not making sure the showers were turned on. Those, those countless stories that we've just heard there from Chloe. So you've got a real opportunity in a window here to make sure that something actually happens from it. Having met everybody yesterday in person, what was your takeaway from just how resolute the group will be to make sure that something happens here? Yeah, look, I think we have a massive responsibility. Um, Like, we're not acting on ourselves, we're acting on behalf of our teams, but also on behalf of the girls that are coming after us, you know. Um, I'd like to hope that just Tipperary ladies and every ladies football and camogie team will be successful, strong competitors in the future, and and that's going to be long after Chloe and I are finished up. Um, And if we don't start to do something now, how much longer is it going to take? Um, You know, we've all seen the research come out about integration, and we do know it's going to take time but you know we can't wait another five years before we started being treated right we're losing players you know each year based on financial costs it it costs money to play inter-county football and camogie for for your inter-county teams which shouldn't be the case you know we heard examples yesterday from different counties of girls having to choose between picking a third level education or playing for their county like that is not on and it's not good enough if you're good enough to play inter-county football or camogie, you should be entitled to do so. And, you know, if it's a financial thing that's stopping you for that because of these associations that, bear in mind, have resources to sort this out, but just are choosing not to do so. Um, when you look at any other company or any other business, you know, I work for the HSE, and if it was a case that they were paying their male, you know, workers mileage rates and they decided, oh, look, we won't pay our, our women worker mileage rates, you know how how good do you think we'd get on in, in this company? So when you look at it like that, I, I know we're all trying to come under one of the under the one body, but at the same time, we can't wait five years to start being treated with equality. You know, th- this thing can be sorted out by a simple document where all we're asking for is basic minimum standards to be treated the same as the men are treated. And we've got on with it for years and things have improved. And like Chloe mentioned, the GPA worked really hard on equalising government funding for us. And that has happened. But at the same time, that's a very small figure with regards to what it actually takes to run an inter-county setup and the amount of money that each individual girl is putting into playing themselves. So central to this call isn't just about the LGFA and the Camogie Association. It's actually also the GEA, that central body, that Croke Park themselves to get involved and to intervene. And as Adrian was saying, to put their hands in their pockets to equalise this now. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've never said that we could do it alone. Um, in order for this to happen, we need the support of everybody. We need to pool the three 
sets of resources and we're completely aware of that but like you said you know in, in terms of clubs in terms of inter-county setups in terms of companies women are essential to that as well um, so I think providing support to us is, is just a basic minimum standard to be honest Chloe, uh, Tom Parsons, I know yesterday, was talking about the passive strike. He was describing the, the protest as it is the minute he talked about uh, players opting out of squads in ones and twos and maybe a little bit more. Um, number one, is that your experience of it that you've seen over the years players just opt out because they can't take the financial hit? And number two, have you spoken as a group about what moves beyond the current, what's been called a protest, or as he calls it, passive strike? Um, so in regards to your first question, absolutely. Like I'm in my 15th year now, Claire Camogie. Um, it's a miracle I've survived this long on it. But uh, uh, absolutely, there's girls who have unfortunately had to just move on from and go, I just can't do this anymore. I can't. Like we had people's parents having to bring them to training. Um, we've had, like I said, there's been girls and this is not just like, or this is experiences we've heard over the last few days. Um girls having to pay for their own surgeries, like girls having to choose in, will I take a part-time job or am I going to try, you know, play county? Um, you know, needing to use team doctor, uh, not able, don't having a clue about nutrition, so not having access to nutritionist. Um, even playing gear, having to go off and try buy playing gear or ask one of the girls, can they, um, now you'd have to be very good friends with her, she, but to ask can they have money for socks and escort or things like that. Um, her these helmets borrowing, begging, stealing sometimes. Um, so there's a, like, and I suppose the cost of living crisis we're in now and stuff, and I think this is kind of um, exasperating things as well, but uh, there's there's huge issues there that need to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And we're all we're asking is that they come into that room and try sort a document like Maria said. We're not asking for anything massive. We understand the, the process of integration, but we just want them to listen to the issues that we've been explaining for not only weeks, but years to come into a room and see, can we all come up with a solution to this? That's all. And I suppose then with regards to the passive protest, um, there we had a, obviously before the uh, media yesterday, we had a small uh, meeting amongst ourselves. Um, Tom had mentioned that if we don't get positive movement with regards what we're asking for, um, the pro, they'll, I suppose, survey the members to see what type of protest um, we're willing to engage in. Um, so that could mean um, anything quite from low impact or high impact, but we are hoping that we see some sort of positive movement towards um, a solution into creating a charter for t- the 2024 season. Given your uh, long career in the game, what would you be pushing for if it came to that? <laughs> um... I don't know, like I'm very, I suppose I'm very passionate about it and I know people know me that way. Um, I don't know, I, I think we have to make a stand and I'm, and, oh, I don't know, like you could, there's numerous things you could do. You could um, have t-shirts, you could have a media blackout, you could have delay start times of games. Um, I suppose that's what Gaelic Games is all about. It's about essentially the players and I understand that the volunteers behind the scenes probably without them it wouldn't run we're not it's not an us versus them and i think that's something that's betrayed often but we want to be part of the solution but the ngbs aren't willing to get into a room with us and sort this out um, why, why not why aren't they what, what's what is slowing this down i don't really understand what the problem is <laughs> yeah your your guess is good as mine um like 
I, I, from a personal point of view, that would have been an issue for me uh, playing Camogie, the lack of transparency into decisions. Um, you've, we've all seen the news stories throughout the years and you're wondering how do we come to that, to that decision? Nobody, you know, there's no, there's a, there's a huge lack of transparency. Um, I would feel, um, I don't know why they won't get into a room and just figure it out. I don't know. Is it because, well, it's, if we meet, then there's a responsibility on us to do something, which is correct. There is a responsibility for them to do something. Um, like I'm seeing, there's lots of things on social media saying, and I've no problem addressing it. Well, the women don't generate as much money as the men. Like, I suppose there's loads of, arg- I have loads of arguments for that. You can look at it from like a business point of view. Um, That's a really idiotic capitalist bullshit argument. It's mm-hmm. like, we don't treat you with respect yeah. because you're you're an economic unit. Like either everybody is a member of this, uh, the GA belongs to everybody except the women because they, they generate less money. Like, I'm sorry, but it's a moronic argument. Oh, exactly. Do you know? Yeah, like you, you can look at it from a business point of view if you're so obsessed with business and thinking sport is a business. and Like you don't start up a business and on day one go, why haven't I made any money yet? This is a joke. And that's the way it's been treated. There's also, in my opinion, like I understand that sport makes people money but sport isn't business and it transcends that much much more greatly or whatever way you'd like to say it like you know when we're trying to entice uh, young girls and boys to play sport it's not for them to make us money um, so um, it's 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 a much much greater thing than that and if your scope is that um, like we've just said there about making money then you've lost the point of sport altogether well the hurlers don't um, make as much money as the footballers as we all know because there's way more football games so <laughs> stop paying the hurlers the same as the fo- you know it's just a stupid circular yeah, yeah, argument yeah. that yeah. Um, people who have no no brain power can compute and yeah, it's, no, it's fundamentally sexist that's what it is we should just we should call it what it is mm-hmm. it's a boring sexist argument made by clowns would be my yeah. take on that yeah personally. I but, think look if, if you ask someone walking down the street do you think uh, men and women who play for your County of Clare should get the same facilities, the same treatment, and it's a yes or no answer. And if you would assume that most people um, would say yes, and then that's that's it. That's that's where you go from there. Then right. Well, how do we come up with solutions to that? Let's stop giving out. How do we come up with solutions to that? Let's all figure that out instead of going. Well, you're not in this group, and you, we're not under the same organisation. We're not doing that. You don't do this. Like you know, as you said yourself, there's loads of words for it, but. If you think that men and women should be treated equally when they play for your county, yes, then how do we come up with solutions? Let's get into a room and figure that out. All right. Uh, last word to you, Maria, on this. What do you want to see happen next and how quickly do you think something needs to happen? I think it needs to happen this week, to be honest. Um, we've all got championship games this weekend and, and like a lot of the girls alluded to yesterday, being up in that hotel on a Monday morning, the week of championship is not where any of us wanted to be. Um, but yet we have our first round of the All-Ireland Series this weekend, our only home game in Tipperary and can't get Semple Stadium for it. So, you know, it does drive you to go up to these places. But at the same time, you know, Ladies Gaelic released a statement yesterday that didn't look overly promising. And something that kind of annoyed me a little bit was that they were almost taken aback by the fact that women are stating that they're being treated like second-class citizens. But I'm saying, read the facts. The state of play report has been presented to you. It's in front of you. How can you say that we're not being treated as second-class citizens when you look at the discrepancy between the two teams? So, to be honest with you, given the statement that Ladies Gaelic put out and the Camogie Association, I think we will see some form of protest this weekend. 
All right. Well, we'll keep a very close eye on this. My thanks to Chloe Mori, Chloe Mori rather, and Maria Curley for joining us this morning. And best of luck with the, the protest, whatever comes next. Hopefully, it won't lead to um, games being cancelled. But wherever this is going, it has to be done. So, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much, lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.